0: Hello, word nerds. Ooh, do I need to do my mouth exercises? Well, well, well. Oh yeah, that's good times. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast called The Dictionary, hosted by me, Spencer Parks. I am very glad that you are here, and I hope you come here again. Let's not say anything that's going to make you want to leave. The first word in this episode is Dunkirk. Capital D-U-N-K-I-R-K. I I would not have expected this to be in the dictionary. Uh, First of all, we got to say, go see the movie Dunkirk. It's a great movie by Christopher Nolan. Okay, this is a noun. You can emphasize either syllable. It is from 1941. Number one, a retreat to avoid total defeat. So, if you are about to be totally defeated, and you don't want to be totally defeated, then just retreat. And that is called a Dunkirk. And yes, we will talk about why this is called a Dunkirk, if you don't know. Number two, a crisis situation that requires a desperate last effort to forestall certain failure. Similar similar idea, terrible situation, there will be certain failure unless a desperate last effort is done. Something. You got to do something so you don't get the certain failure. As in, a Dunkirk for U.S. foreign policy. And that is a quote from Time. Time magazine? <laughs> Maybe just, just time. You look at your clock. It's it's time. time. Your time is telling you. That you got to do something for this U.S. foreign policy, otherwise there will be certain failure. I didn't realize that this word gets used in ways like that. I just thought it was the, the word about the thing. The thing, what's the thing? Let's tell you about the thing. This is from Dunkirk, spelled D-U-N-K-I-R-K, or it is spelled D-U-N-K-E-R-Q-U-E which looks like a city or town or village or something in France, which was the scene of the evacuation of Allied forces in 1940. And if you watch the movie, you will definitely get to learn more about this whole situation. Uh, but I be- I think, you know, is basically, hey, we're about to lose. Let's get the hell out of here so we don't all die. We don't want more people to die because we've already lost a lot of people. And so there were, like, planes that came in to help out, and boats. Well, I don't want to give away the ending if you don't know anything about it, but some people on boats came to help out. That's pretty much it. And there was lots and lots of fighting. And guns. So, yeah, we just used Dunkirk in that way now. Okay, moving on. Sound effect is going to be... BOOM! Boom. Next is dunk shot. Two words, noun from circa 1961. I wonder if, did anybody dunk before 1961? This is a shot in basketball made by jumping high into the air and throwing the ball down through the basket. Now, based on that description, if I did not know what a dunk shot was, I would think that they're jumping 15 feet in the air the basketball hoop is 10 feet in the air they're jumping 15 feet and then from that way up high place they throw it down into the basket no that's that's not really what's going on yes some people can go jump above the the rim but uh, most people can't get all that high above the rim and they're not throwing it we talked about this yesterday they're just they're shoving it they're pushing it into the basket they're not throwing it into the basket I still have issues with that nothing has changed since the previous episode in my brain oh I wish I could do a dunk shot I wish I could do a dunk shot maybe I need to get really tall and stronger the next word is Dunlin noun from circa 1532 this um, the plural you can add an s or no Dunlin or Dunlins is plural So this is a small, widely distributed sandpiper, largely cinnamon to rusty brown above and white below. So the top part of this sandpiper, I think that's a little bird, right? Uh, But the top part is cinnamon or rusty brown, kind of like a reddish-brownish tinge. And then the below part is white, which we see very often in animals. The species name is Calidris alpina, or alpina, and I don't know what any of that means, but alpine makes me think of uh, mountains and snow and white, so maybe that's partly why they're called that because of the white, the white bottom. Uh, the um okay okay the etymology says this is from the first form of the word done, which was two episodes ago, and um, I guess that's about the color, the the grayish yellow. Or the new, hmm hmm, that's kind of the dullness or drabness. I don't know. Did do these uh, these birds look dull or drab? It's not really given much more information than that. And then they just added lin, dunlin. It's a bird. Maybe we should post a picture on social media for this dunlin. De-do. Dunlop is next. And you can emphasize either syllable. It has a capital D and it is spelled D-U-N-L-O-P. Dunlop or Dunlop. This is a noun from circa 1780. And it is a Scottish cheese similar to cheddar. And we know cheddar cheese came from, I think, Cheddar, England. So this Dunlop cheese is from Dunlop. Ayrshire, Scotland. And of course I don't know how to say these words properly. Ayrshire, Ayrshire. A Y-R-S-H-I-R-E. How do they say that? Ayrshire. I don't know. That's my best guess, but I don't know. So Dunlop is a place in Scotland who make cheese. They make some cheese similar to cheddar cheese. Doo-doo do. That's not what I meant to do. Let's just do doo doo. Next is dunnage, with two N's. Noun from the 15th century. One, loose materials used to support and protect cargo in a ship's hold. Also, padding in a shipping container is the dunnage, because it's also used there to support and protect cargo either just in the general storage area or also just inside of a container. Either one of those is dunnage. And then number two, the synonym is baggage. So I guess any of the stuff in the ship's hold or just any sort of baggage can be called dunnage. But we don't know why. We don't know why this word is this word. It says origin unknown. The age, I mean, we see that in terms of things like this baggage and other other similar words. But the dun, the dun part, I don't know. I just don't know. Is it about the dun horse? Is it about the dunlin sandpiper bird? Um, there is some here. Dun, the third form of dun is about uh, persistent demands upon for payment. I don't know. That one doesn't really make sense. No clue why it's called dunnage. Blah, blah. Next is the first of our D-U-O words. There's not so many of them. Duo. That's this word, duo. Noun from 1590. Um, number one, the synonym is duet. And number two, the synonym is the number two definition for the word Pair. A pair of things, a duet, a duo, let's sing a duo. No, I don't want to sing a duo, I want to sing a duet. Well, I don't want to sing a duet, I want to sing a duo. Well, I guess we can't sing together anymore, goodbye. Okay. This is an Italian word. I guess this would be the Italian version of duet. Um, Also from Latin, duo, which means two, and there's more of the word two. Two things, like my sound effect, pew pew. Here is duo again. This one is a prefix, and it just means two. It, it does. That's all it means. Now, I think that they should have put this one first. This one should have gone before the duet or the pair, but that's just me. I don't know things. I'm not smart. Uh, there's an example, though. Ooh. So, uh, the example is the word duologue, which we are going to see in this episode. D U O. L-O-G-U-E, duologue. Weird word, right? Yes. So, we have some duo words coming up here, and I'm gonna guess that almost all of them, possibly all of them, are going to relate to the word two in some way, the number two. Like my sound effect. Here is one, it is duodecillion. Duodecilion. D-U-O-D-E-C-I-L-L-I-O-N. Duodecilion. Noun from 1875. Oh, come on. Be be helpful here. It just says to see the number table. It doesn't say what it is. Well, actually, hold up. It does because if we look at the etymology, this is from the Latin. Well, so it sort of tells us it's from the latin word duodecim which means 12 and then we just added you know the illion at the end of it you know like we see in million and billion and trillion and that's most of what people know some people don't even know those but um so duodecim is is 12 so what is it you is it is it 12 million 12 billion no what i think it is is a number a single digit with 12 zeros after it i think it is that so what i think i gotta do you know we don't we don't typically do this we don't like to look ahead but in the cases like this i feel like i feel like we gotta do just a little bit of a quick a quick check um oh boy the table of numbers this is a big table uh oh my god it's basically a whole page um okay duo duo decillion is um 10 to the power of 72. Oh my God, there's 72 zeros? What? And it says, so, oh, so the reason it's 12 is because it's powers of 1 million. There are 12 powers of 1 million. And what does that mean? So a million would be just no powers or just one power. But then billion has three more zeros, and that's two powers of 1 million. So is that, what is that, 1 million times 1 million? Oh, I don't know. This is breaking my brain a little bit. I need somebody else to help me. But um, that's the reason there is 12, and it's duodecillion. So, you know, we'll we'll go through this in more detail when we get there. But But it's a really, really big number. It's a one with 72 zeros behind it. That was That's way bigger than I was expecting. All right, let's talk about other r- related words that I think are mostly related to 12 because it's duo and decim, which is 2 and 10. So, what do we got here? Blah, blah. Duodecimal. Duodecimal. It is an adjective from 1663 of relating to or preceding by 12 or the scale of 12s and duodecimal is also a noun so what of relating to or proceeding by 12 or the scale of 12s Hmm. I'm not entirely sure what that means I'm just not now I know that there are some cultures I think at least back in the day who had like a 12 was it like the Mayans who had a 12 a number 12 scale or something Um So the scale of 12s, yeah, I just, I'm not sure. If I can find an example online of like um, what things use this duodecimal scale or what things are related to duodecimal, I'll see if I can put a link in the show notes for something, something about that. Um, So clearly this is from the Latin duodecim, which means 12, and there's more at the word dozen. So learn more about dozen, go back there. Wow. next is duodecimo duodecimo noun from 1658 um, you would probably just say dua, like in duodecimal it just says dua not duo, but I think if you want to say duo you can, so duodecimal, duodecimal du or duo decimo. that's the funner way to say it duodecimo okay um, the syn... What is this word? The synonym is 12mo. This is a word? 12mo. T-W-E-L-V-E-M-O. 12mo. Whoa. Whoa. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, we're still seeing the Latin. This one says duodecimus, which means twelfth, with a th at the end. The twelfth of something um now is that also what 12mo means why don't i know this word why have i never come across 12mo 12mo sounds like one of the um what are they called the um the those those characters in in disenchanted disenchantment there's there's um oh boy what are they called the the elves i think they're the elves right uh let's let's they have all these very silly names, and um, I think uh, Duodecimo is one that should have, and 12mo. They all have mo, I think, at the end of their names, or mostly. Oh, Moving on. New sound effect? Can your brain come up with something new? Blah, blah. Here is duodenum, or duodenum, or duodenum, D u o d e. N-U-M, noun from the 14th century. This is the first part of the small intestine extending from the pylorus to the jejunum. Is that how you say that word? Jejunum? J-E-J-U-N-U-M. And pylorus is P-Y-L-O-R-U-S. So it's the very beginning of your small intestine. I think, is that, is that, does it go from the stomach to the small intestine, or does it go stomach to large intestine to small intestine? I can't remember my biology here. can't remember what's in my body. Um, but anyway, it's the beginning of the small intestine, and it goes from, I guess these are parts in the small intestine, they have been named, the pylorus and the jejunum. Uh, that's the, uh, between the pylorus and the jejunum is the duodenum. Uh, And it's going to, you know, help to digest your food and move it through your system and have it come out your butt. And then you made some dung. That's a callback to the previous episode. Duodenal, or maybe duodenal, uh, that is an adjective. So it would be relating to this part of the body. And why is it called this? It is from the Latin duodeni, which means 12 each also from duodecim which means 12 oh which is from its length because <laughs> this is so scientific because they say it is about 12 fingers breadth it's a hard word to say breadth uh, so they they say you know fingers are um not all the same width or breadth but they're they're close you know pe- people got semi similar size and fingers. No, they don't. They really don't at all. But my fingers are probably average. So if you put 12 of my fingers in a row, I guess the length of this thing would equal the length of my fingers, you know, side by side. So if I had, I got four fingers here on one hand, I got four fingers here on my second hand, I got four fingers here on my third hand, I put all my hands together, and I got the length of my duodenum. Very scientific, very specific. We we always we we got the best measurements from all those people hundreds of years ago. Quick. The next word is duologue. Duolog Duolog. It is well, it's the example that we had when we had the prefix duo, so we know it's something about two. It is a noun from 1864, and it is a dialogue between two persons. But isn't that what a dialogue is already? D- or is a dialogue just people talking? You know, it could be either one. I feel like it probably uh, is more just about, you know, communicating. Yeah, we got written composition. But it, it, here it says two or more characters. Uh, so, yes, it's, it, it's all about two or more. That's, I guess, what this is all about. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess, I don't know I don't know what else I gotta say it's all about just talking and speaking and communicating and I guess I thought that it was only about two but I guess you can have a dialogue with more than two people you got three people in a conversation they can have a dialogue cuz they're just talking but if it's only two people it is a duologue and once that third person comes in I'm sorry we're having a di- we're having a duologue here But if you want to get in on this conversation, we got to change the name of what we're having. Can we handle that? Is that okay? All right, here comes the third person. All right, now we have a dialogue or a conversation or something else that's not duologue, because we don't have two people anymore. Two people in my head. Now we got three people in my head. (laughs) Womp womp. Next is Duomo, D-U-O-M-O, noun from 1549, and the synonym is just cathedral. Now, there is the Duomo in, I think there's one in Rome, and um, I went to the one, not the one in Rome, I I, I think there's one in Rome, I don't know, but I went to the one in Milan. I was there for work, and I and somebody was like, there's a Duomo in Milan, and I was like, oh, cool, I learned about that in school, and then I realized, oh, no, that's the different one, that's the more famous one, but this one, I think, is still kind of famous, and pretty spectacular, and beautiful, and intricate, and I've been up on the roof, you can go up on the roof, and you walk up the stairs, the windy, windy stairs that go on forever, and then you got a beautiful view of Milan from up there. And then the inside, you know, it's a cathedral. That's where this came from, because a lot of cathedrals back then, um, well, let's talk about the etymology, because you'd think it would have a dome in there, right? But not necessarily, because this is, um, it's from the Italian domus, which just means house. You know, so it's its the house of the Lord, That's a cathedral. That's why they call it a Duomo. And sometimes they literally have a dome because there's more at the word dome, but not necessarily. So don't get confused. It's just a cathedral. Next is duopoly or duopoly. D-U-O-P-O-L-Y. Noun from 1920, number one, is an oligopoly limited to two sellers. And I'm not entirely sure what an oligopoly... Did I say that word right? Oligopoly? O-L-I-G-O-P-O-L-Y. But there can only be two sellers in this oligopoly. So you call it a duopoly. Number two. Preponderant influence or control by two political powers so yes clearly as we are seeing it's all about the number two two things two sellers two political powers number two the very important number two and the etymology just says that is from duo plus poly or poly as in monopoly or monopoly yeah Uh, how do you say this word duopolistic duopolistic that is an adjective yeah don't know much about this kind of thing but I know all about monopoly okay that was the last D-U-O word here we go with the first of the D-U-P words it's dup yup dup yup dup this is the first form of dup transitive verb from 1547 and it is archaic this synonym is open 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 so what does that mean well the etymology says it is a a contraction of do up do space up do up open how does that i guess back in the day they would used to say, like, if they wanted to open a thing, do up. I don't know. This is, I don't understand it. But it's an old way to say open. Dup. Dup. Huh. What context? To transitive verb. So it's a verb. So if, like, I'm going to open the door, I'm going to dup the door. Is that how you would use this? Hmm. Fascinating. I've said that before. Next. Quap, the second form of "dup" is an abbreviation for one duplex or two duplicate. So I guess you can't you can't <imfashioned> you can't pronounce it "dup." You have to pronounce it "dupe" because it's duplex and duplicate. Wow! Wow! The next word is "dupe." D U P E first form noun from 1681. This is one that is easily deceived or cheated, and the synonym is fool. Oh, I've I've probably been a dupe before. I think I would be an easy dupe. Please don't deceive or cheat me. I don't. I just don't like that in general, and uh, for just in, anybody, just don't dupe people. It's not very nice. Don't be a dupe. We're going to talk about the verb in a second um don't be a dupe don't just ju- ju- use your brain use your brain and then if you're the one who's trying to be doing the duping don't do that don't do the dupe this is what is this from um we're going down to middle french uh dupe with uh, two p's and an e it's probably an alternative of hoop h-u-p-p-e which means hoopo. H o o p o e, and I am not familiar at all with that word. But I'm hoping, thinking, guessing, wishing that it is somehow related to being deceived or cheated or a fool or something like that. Because otherwise, I don't understand it at all. Dupe. So here we go with. I'm, my brain does not know how to make a new sound effect. Wee wee. The second form of dupe is a transitive verb from 1704, which is interesting because the other one was 1681. Don't you need to do the act of duping before you can have a dupe? It is to make a dupe of. Haha, <laughs> I made a dupe out of you. You dupe, I duped you. Duper is a noun. That's what it is. Quack, quack. The third form of dupe is a noun from circa 1900. It is unrelated to the other ones because the synonym is duplicate. Or I guess it would be duplicate because it's a noun. So a copy of a thing is a duplicate. It's called a dupe. Dupe, dupe that thing. Make me a dupe of that paperwork because I gotta go take it to the place to have it filed away. And then dupe in this context is also a verb. You, you know, you can also verb it. I'm, make a dupe. I got a dupe. <laughs> I got... Yeah, no. Okay. Next is dupery. D-U-P-E-R-Y. Noun from 1759. One. The condition of being duped. So I guess this is um, probably... Probably when you're a fool oh oh i'm i'm in a condition i'm in a state of dupery because i got duped ooh you duped me so good you gave me the dupery now i have to live in my dupery for a while number two the act or practice of duping well that could be either making somebody a fool or it could be making a copy is it can it be both the act or practice of duping. Oh, I got to practice my duping. I got to go do some dupery right now. I'm I'm making copies of fools. All right, we got one more word for this episode. See, it's two sounds. Two sounds you get two. This word is duple. Duple. D U P L E. Adjective from the 15th century. One, having Two elements is duple. 2A, marked by two or a multiple of two beats per measure of music, as in duple time. Uh, So, marked by two or a multiple of two beats per measure. Two beats per measure. So, if a measure is one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, but in this case, we only got two of them. So, it's at one two one two. Something like that. Um, Duple, we got more. This uh, 2B is talking about rhythm. Just rhythm. And it is consisting of a meter based on disyllabic feet. Disyllabic feet. Now, are these the feet and stuff in the, in poem, in verse? And so you have to say it in a certain rhythm? And there's, I guess, two syllables in a certain place uh, yeah, I, I never really studied the poetry stuff um, uh, but yes yeah, so it, it could be rhythm See, I don't think we use disyllabic feet in terms of music we could maybe I don't know I'm not really familiar with that so um, I think we're talking about poetry or music with the 2a definition duple time I think it's sometimes if they're like they say let's do it duple is it like twice as fast Can is that how we can use that Possibly, maybe? I'm not sure. This is from the Latin duplus, which means double, and there's more at the word double. So, yeah, maybe maybe you could do double time. Babadoopadoopadoopadoopadoop. Okay, I think it is now time to uh, just, we just, maybe just pick a word of the episode. Should we do that? Let's do that. Okay, we had Dunkirk, Dunkshot, Dunlin, Dunlop, Dunnage, duo, duo, duodecillion duodecimal, duodecimo, duodenum, duologue, duomo, duopoly, dup, dup, dupe, 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 dupery, and duple. Boy, we had quite a range of words here. Uh, let's see. This this is a difficult one to pick. I'm I'm not sure if there was anything that really jumped out at me. Um, but there are a lot of good words here. I mean, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Ooh, I like to have duologues with myself and, and I, we just, the two of us like to have a little conversation. The duodenum is an important part of your body. Probably. I think I have no idea what 12 Mo is, but it's fun. Duo decimo is fun to say. Also 12 Mo. Uh, let's do, duo is a very big number. I don't know if I'll ever reach that age. Um, yeah, I'm. I think I'm um, thinking. I'm probably. I mean, Dunkirk is super important. Go watch that movie. And uh, yeah, maybe let's just pick duodecimo as the word of the episode because it is a fun to say word. Duodecimo. I don't know what it is, but it is twelve mo. Duodecimo. Twelve mo. It's like a little jingle. All right. Uh, enough of the words. Let's talk about a movie that I saw. What did we see? Showing up. Ooh, showing up. It's a very um felt. It's like almost like a documentary. It felt just very real and kind of slow and chill. And the art is beautiful. The acting is great. Uh, it's a really interesting story about somebody who's doing her art and living life. And uh, some stuff happens. And um, yeah, I I don't think it's probably got um. Uh, I don't think it's out in a lot of places. I think it's a very independent movie, but yeah, worth a watch. makes it makes you think, makes you think about art and things and and birds, yeah. Uh, okay, that's going to be the end of this episode. Um, and um, you know, do do all the things: share, share, and subscribe, and rate and review, and f- subscribe to my YouTube channel because I want you to do that. And you must do everything I say, and I appreciate that. And have a good day. This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye.